Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we get started, wanted to introduce you to the Union GK Premium. With Premium, you'll get vetted pro players and coaches, interactive breakdown sessions, and exclusive content from top names. Want to try it free for 30 days? Go to unionsports.com slash content slash join. Or download the app free at the Union GK on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for making the union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, back once more from West Hollywood, California. We took a brief hiatus uh, while we've been setting up the entire union sports community, the union goalkeeping community. Shout out to all you guys who have been getting ready for the official launch this month. Uh, with me, who's also been hard at work on the union goalkeeper community, the one and only 99 World Cup winner, Suskia Weber, sporting her Angel City hat representing the fact that they're starting to do much better in the standings and the playoff push is really coming strong. That's the hope. That's the hope. Coming down to the wire, every game needs three points. <laughs> Speaking of uh, needing three points, uh, we know somebody that knows all about that because they play in Europe where they have promotion relegation. We have the <laughs> one and only, I'm going to totally butcher the name of the club right now that you're on loan from, from West Ham right now. Your Garden? Your Gordon's. You're Gordon. Okay. Cl yeah. You're Gordon goalkeeper, Caitlin Talbert, uh, whose Swedish is probably way better than mine is. How is your Swedish now? I just got here. Okay. <laughs> I know how to say like, <laughs> I know how to say like, good, mor good morning, which is like, God moron. Or I'd say it was such a bad accent because I think like, God moron. The moron. Um, I don't want to say no because the girls will just be like, nay. You know what? You're still you're still in a better spot than Suskia was when she went to Japan. Uh, let's just say that, that well, was most, a little bit more most difficult. Of the Swedish pretty much all the Swedish speak English, so that helps. Yeah, no, that <laughs> helps Japanese, a lot. <laughs> yeah, the Japanese no. <laughs> now, now, what happens, Katie? Do like do they do they like try to be like you know what? here's the pronunciation and then you do it again and they go, you know what? I'm just going to speak English to you or like what, how does, how does the process work exactly? I mean, in Sweden, they just kind of talk to me in English, but when yeah. I played in Portugal, it was a lot of time they tried to get me to like say it right and to speak the words and then they laugh at me. <laughs> so then I speak English, but they tried really hard to teach me Portuguese, but here at this team, I've only been here for like a month now. They kind of just speak English to me, just trying to like welcome me, make it easier. I mean, I, I mean, I, I love that fact, you know, obviously, Siskiya, you know, we've had a lot of goalkeepers on here, you know, that have, have traveled the world in their playing career, as we all know, that there's a lot of opportunities outside of just the NWSL uh, to, to get pro matches and, 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 and make a career for yourself out there. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, Siskiya, obviously, you know, you, you talk to a lot of goalkeepers who've made that that experience overseas. And we've talked about that is that acclimation process and finding a, a country where you feel comfortable, not just on the field, but off the field, too. No, absolutely. I mean, we talked about my playing in Japan. I think it takes a certain type of person to be able to pull yourself outside of any sort of comfort zone and um, and go play overseas. And especially in a place, let's say, in a Portugal where not everybody speaking speaks English. Um, you know, that's why I said like in Sweden, it's like going to Holland, like a, 
pretty much everybody speaks English. So that helps. But when we were in Japan, um, one of my teammates, Claire Scanlon, who was on the Irish national team, she, she had a tough transition. I, she, let's say she lasted a year that it just, she couldn't kind of make that transition into a different culture. Um, whether it was off the field down to eat, like food and everything like that to on the field. And so I think it's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, and by the way, Katie, feel free to step in any, anytime you want. Right. Yeah. Now. Just shut me up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But 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 let let let's do this a little bit here because there might be some people who are like, who is Katie Talbert? You know, you've got obviously, and obviously this is why the topic of unconventional pass to the pro game is such a great topic to have somebody like yourself on here. Why don't you kind of give just people a little bit of a brief background of you coming from like D two college to like Finland to Portugal to like all of that craziness? Yeah, so um, well, I'm from like Sacramento, California, and I played. Um, like for Boca when I was younger, Boca Juniors and Sacramento United. And then um, like my junior, senior year at college, it was really hard to like find a school to go to because I couldn't like totally like afford to go to college. So I was working really hard to try and find like a scholarship somewhere um, to go play. So I ended up getting like my best like offer from Humboldt State University, which is a small D2 school in California, up Northern California, usually like I remember when, like, I committed there, people were like, where's Humboldt? Like, where is that? Like, it's literally, like, the middle of the forest, nowhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so I, I played there. They they were, like, um, okay, where you're usually, like, middle table, middle bottom table. We weren't ever, like, the best, but we weren't ever, like, the worst. So it was a small little like, D2 school. And um, I played, like, my four years there, and then right after my senior year, like, COVID hit and I still had like one more semester of school. So I went back um, home to Sacramento and I was doing my online classes and with COVID being hit, I couldn't go to the gym, couldn't like play soccer. Yeah. Uh, I almost called it football. I'm so used to Europe now. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. We're, um, all, we're, all, we're all good with calling it football as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will say, I'm so used to because I get made fun of when I'm in Europe and I call it soccer. They're like soccer. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, in 2020, I was like, I wanted to play pro, but I didn't have like a name for myself at all. Like no one, no one knew who I was at all. Like I just also because I went to a smaller D's too, and they weren't like great. I saw a lot of shots I was getting shot on I think like I think one season I was like number one in saves of all the goalkeepers in the league but we but I also like had like um we had a lot of like sort of a lot of goals against us but I was still number one in saves <laughs> and just because I'm getting shot I'm like I'm constantly getting hit with balls and boom 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 and so I'm like doing my best to try and like save as many as I can but I can't save them all <laughs> but I sound like Su you sound like Suskia, like when she was at Rutgers. Absolutely, I was, I was a yeah. shooting gallery when I was at Rutgers. Not anymore, but it definitely was. <laughs> yeah, I think that like definitely like helped me as a goalkeeper. Even when I was like a, like a kid playing like in my first club, like we weren't like great. I was just getting shot on all the time, and so yeah. So after I was looking, I wanted to play. I was like kind of not sure if I could because none of the like opportunities were there for me it was really hard to find a club and um 
to play pro. And so I ended up making like a highlight tape. Like it took me like months and I would spend hours and hours every day, like going through every single game I played in college and cutting film and having my saves and my kicks and my good plays and stuff. And like, they were like, oh, highlight tape should be like three to five minutes. By the end of it, I had like a 20 minute (laughs) highlight tape and I cut it down to 10 minutes. I was like, I'm not deleting anything else out of here. Everything else is here is prime. Get rid of everything. Like a full feature Um, film. Yeah. Yeah. The Katie Talbert documentary, the 30 for 30 on ESPN. Exactly. It's like five five, um, seasons and installments. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, it was so much work. It took me so long to make. But then uh, I have my highlight tape, and then I also so and- so just 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 quickly, Katie, just because just because we uh, just from a time constraint standpoint, we just kind of have to move on a, a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, here. yeah, yeah, uh, and then yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I <laughs> I love this. I mean, I, know, I love this. I feel like I feel like I'm getting the entire documentary of the Katie. Yeah, Hall. sorry. <laughs> okay. And then I signed with Benfica and I played I signed with Benfica and I played there for a year and a half. I played in Champions League. And when I was done with Benfica, um, I still didn't have like enough points to go play in England. Um, so but West Ham was still able to sign me. And so because they signed me and then loaned me here to your Gordon so that I could get like enough points by the time I'm done with my loan here to go and play in England. Well, I if mean, that is that, not a roadmap to <laughs> every which I mean, way. We talk about unconventional. And just, and just casually saying, and we played in the Champions League, and Benfica won <laughs> um, the league, by the way. Oh, yeah, they won the league the two years yeah. that I was there. They yeah, won the league exactly. both times. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like – so oh, you went I've from five countries. Yeah, you've lived in five countries. You went in from playing years. at a small school in the woods, D two, <laughs> to you know breaking your nose and ankle basically at OL Reign to winning it, winning you know the the Portuguese league with Benfica, being yeah. being on West Ham and loaned out to Sweden. I think this is exactly like what we're talking about. Like, I mean, I mean, it's literally. <laughs> Literally, like, you know, and, and when you think about it, and I think, you know, Saskia, one of the things, too, when we're going to get to it once we get into this topic here is that a lot of parents out there need to hear this, too, Absolutely. because they're so freaked out about their kid needs to go play at, you know, Wake Forest or but UCLA. It, but that or, was what I was thinking. If you back this up even to college, like, and say, look at where you've gotten going to a D2 school and like the road to success and the road to being a successful pro doesn't necessarily mean the UCLA's and, and the UNC's and, and stuff like that. It, it can be an unconventional path. You know, it's really, you know, it can. And there's so many options out there from college and then on up. You know, by the way, speaking of that, we were talking about, so, you know, people kind of, you know, creating, carving a path for themselves, you know, Katie, I mean, you know, you make it sound like, Oh, you know, and I did this and I did that. And then this happened and this happened. And there people were like, wow, just right place at the right time. But literally I'm just going to show this right here. Like this is just you just out on the field in Humboldt kicking the ball around, training on your own, which just not not enough young kids do this out there. Yeah, I've just always been, like, super, honestly, like, super passionate about soccer, like, my whole life. Like, it's What my... goalkeeper can do that? I, nobody. <laughs> no one. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't bring you in to be the striker. Like, what, what is going on here? I, it's just, it's my favorite favorite thing to do. Like, when I'm bored, I just take a soccer ball, and I just go out, and I train. 
and I, I've done this like every place I've lived like this was actually like in Sacramento when I was home for a break but like I did this I did this since I was like a kid like I would carry like when I was in high school I would carry a soccer ball with me like oh this is good because I was playing football with the football this was in Humboldt this is with the football team so and- now we got Justin <laughs> Jefferson here like yeah. but like when i was in high school i carry a soccer ball around with me class to class and like every time i had a break or lunch i would like juggle with my friends or i would just kick the ball around like i would like after lunch i would go to my like fifth period like covered in sweat i was like sorry i was playing soccer oh what are you doing after school i'm gonna go play soccer with the boys you know like it's just like it's just what i did like i i just find so much like fun in it it's awesome I mean, look, I'm I'm looking at this right here, and you know, and we no, talk about, I can't juggle. I can't do any of this stuff. Like this is, <laughs> this is this is this is insanity right here. I mean, this did you play like on the field years. in school too? Uh, no, I really wanted to in high school. I think like one or two times they let me play like pitch when we were winning or playing the pitch. There it is, English terms again. Um, they let me play field um when we were winning by a lot, and usually I was score at least once. But, like, I did not play the field much. But, like, I don't know. Like, when I'm here, the first 10 minutes of training, like, I'm always kicking the ball, like, really high up in the air and trapping or, like, doing tricks. It's, like, my favorite, favorite thing to do. It just makes me so happy. I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at this right here. And it, and it shows, like, the passion and that sort of thing. And I love the fact, you know, Suskia, that she brought up that she would just take a soccer ball with her and just mm-hmm. and just go out and do stuff. Because I think not I enough young goalkeepers. I, I would do that all the time. You know, but I mean, like nowadays, at least, you know, no, not to I age mean, ourselves or they, they, no, they the kids think well, it needs to be. We got kicked pennies. out of the house because there was nothing else to do. So it was like, <laughs> so I just go in the backfield and take a soccer ball. But no, now kids don't do this as much. I agree. I, I mean, yeah, like, I well, think you, that's so good that people do this stuff, though. It really like sets you apart from everyone. I feel like it does. Absolutely. I mean, look, if you're a young and, you know, as we're kind of, you know, talking about, you know, showcasing and everything like that and, and finding an opportunity and everything like that. If you're a, a young goalkeeper listening right now or a parent listening right now, you know, watching the show right now, Susk, like, you know, if a college coach sees or hears about this, they're going to have a certain point of view of that person in regards to like, oh, I don't need to spoon feed this person. I don't need to, you know, micromanage this person. They're going to put putting in the work on their own. No, absolutely. When you see that somebody ha- like on their free time and stuff takes that time off. And like I always say, like, go out to the park. Like, it doesn't have to be structured. Go to the park with a friend, hit some long balls. Do do. I used to go to the park by myself and find the wall, you know, the tennis wall and just like work on like handling and just like just getting in my own head and just doing what I had to do um, because I enjoyed it because it was like a release for me. I didn't I didn't sit around waiting for something structured, waiting for practice. And I tell, I tell goalkeepers that all the time. I'm like, it's what you're doing outside of practice and off the field. That's going to set you apart. And you know, and it doesn't always have to be structured. Oh. Yeah. My, I was never structured. I would just go take a ball. I had no plan. I bring my boots and my <laughs> ball and I would do whatever I wanted, whatever I felt right. If I want to go kick the ball like hundred yards and sprint after it and then like do a cartwheel or something. I'm going to do it. <laughs> New training. So, so, so let, let's talk about this, Katie, you know, as, as we're kind of delving into this topic here, obviously, you know, everybody's got a different path to get there. You know, one, one thing that I've noticed a lot of times, and obviously, you know, you, you talk about this as well too, is that when, 
when you're, let's just say coming either from a, a smaller area, you know, I don't want to say a rural area, but a smaller, you know, soccer area or um, a smaller school, you know, you have to find ways to showcase yourself. So like, like what were some of the ways that you showcased yourselves outside of just the tape? I, I was mostly just like uh, the, the video. I mean, I mean, I would contact people. Um, it was mostly like, just like talking to coaches and showing them like who I was as a person and a player. Um, it's kind of like, sometimes I would like, so I have like on my Twitter is mostly just like soccer stuff. And sometimes I would fall, I would go through and I'd follow as many coaches as I could like on Twitter. And that's where I posted like my tricks and my trains, like those videos we just played. And I would also post like some highlights and I would like hope that they would see it. Um, yeah. And also like my Twitter was very much like put all like football tweets and relatable stuff. So I was like, okay, I hope they can see like, who I am as a person through this and such. I love what you just said there, you know, Suskia, because we, we've talked about this and obviously, you know, not not to just talk about the union, but uh, any social media in general. No, like, at, I, It always sends me back to Matt, Maddie Mangia. It always does because Maddie, like obscurely, I saw her training stuff her father posted on Facebook. Yes, people still use Facebook on Facebook. <laughs> and um, And this was when she was maybe 13, 12. And I, you remember Mike, I was just like, oh my God, you have to see oh, this yeah. kid. And yeah. I was, you know, that's when I was at UCLA and I was like, we just kept an eye on her. And now what? She's going to Alabama. She just got called up to the Mexican under, under 17 national team, but it was the squeaky wheel in a sense. And it wasn't, it wasn't about emailing colleges. She actually, they just posted it on social media and I happened to come across it. Patting myself and on I, the back there a little bit, but but I but I think I think but I think that's that that's important, you know, you know, Katie, is in regards to like, you have to be mindful of what you post out there because that's the representative of your brand, type absolutely, of thing, right? Yeah, definitely. I like um, like my Twitter actually started off as like a football parody account, like just jokes and like relatable tweets, and then eventually I started turning it into me because I like post a trick. And eventually, like, if someone were to, like, stalk me on Twitter from the bottom, it's, like, all these football memes, football memes, football memes. And then I, you go up, and it's, like, oh, it's her. Oh, she's pro. Oh, what? Yeah, it gets like, seen. Who is this? Yeah. But that's part of the union, and that, that is one yeah. of the things that's great, because now knowing posting on the union, you are going to be seen directly by coaches, players all around the world. Yeah, you know, I, I, I want to talk about this, you know, because obviously, you know, these – these unconventional kind of locations and everything like that. Like how do how Katie, how do you go about finding these, these kind of like, you know, second division team in Iceland and, and all sort those sorts of things. Cause that's, that's not something that's easy. It's not like you can just, you know, it like, like with colleges, like they have like a whole directory or whatever, like it's, everything's written in a different language. Like, like how do you go about that? Oh, honestly, like my agent would do a lot of that for me. Like, I just would do what he, like, told me, like, oh, make a highlight tape. Oh, like, can you fill this out or give a word for this? And, like, he would have, like, all the contacts and all the teams. He got contact teams and be like, well, this team's interested in you and this team. Mm -hmm. So, like, honestly, my agent does has done a lot of that for me. Or I something mean, that, my that, uncle. My a... uncle does it, too. <laughs> I mean, look, the uncle thing is, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's right. kind of reminding me of the Matt and the Maddie thing. with the, It's her dad, right? It was yeah. her dad, right? Who was posting, mm -hmm. who was post, posting the stuff, you know, to have somebody in your corner, Suskia, you know, who not only believes in you, but also 
understands how to market you appropriately. Um, because there's a lot of parents out there trying to market their kids. Uh, and I'm just going to use, you know, parents in a, in a loose term, whether it's an uncle, an aunt, a, a dad or mom or whatever. Um, and, and they're not going about it the right way because they're trying to push something down somebody's throat. Right. And you also have to, you have to be with somebody that understands where you are, your level, you, you know? So if you have mm -hmm. somebody pushing you to something that maybe is too, is above your level at that time, um, you're going to get, you're going to get frustrated. So, you know, I'm not saying obviously you started for Benfica and stuff. I'm not saying I'm not talking about you, Caitlin. I'm just saying for those parents out there, like you have to be honest with yourself. You have to say same thing as college. Are they, you know, am I pushing my kid to go to, you know, this camp, this ID camp when they're, they're not at an ID camp level. I say that all the time. Like I'm sitting on the UCLA field and my first ID camp, I was like, Oh, so this is the best players in California and around the country. And I was like, Oh my God, this kid can't catch a ball. This is an ID camp. And they're like, ID camp is a loose term. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, it shouldn't be. And parents are putting, you have to be honest with yourself and honest with your, your kid on how to get to where you want to get. Don't just throw them to the top right away. Kind of, you have to go through a process. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't at the top when I was looking at colleges. Uh, every time we, like my, my dad would kind of help me talk to college coaches and stuff. Every time we tried to talk to those bigger teams, they'd be like, she's too raw. She has all this potential and all this athleticism, but she's just like late. She's just like not there yet. Like she should be a little like better, but like, um, but that's all right because that's also why I took how I took my path. Like exactly, I had you know, like I, I wasn't like a, I was like UCLA and all that stuff, like playing level. Like I always had the potential. That's what coaches said. They were like, "Well, she's yeah. just like not there yet, but I know she will." So, so yeah, I, and also I think I that up going to too. I think that even with your path here, and we've talked about this a lot, Mike, with the NWSL is. And we've seen it with um, Sheridan. We've seen it with players that, you know, are you going to come and sit like behind a Sheridan, behind, you know, a, a Harichich as a third goalkeeper, not travel and stuff like that. Or like the rain did with you said, Hey, go, go get experience, go play. Cause you just played in front of however many thousands of people and won your, you know, the league for Benfica, you played in the champions league. So you're playing against the best. Right. And so now when you want to come back, it's like, Hey, look what I have. Like, look, like you have this, like this experience at the top, top, top level that you would have never gotten sitting on a bench for three years. And granted you might, might be out, you could beat out a Fallon, you could be out somebody like that, but what, like now you're beating people out because you have this experience. So when you get thrown back in, like you're ready to go hit the ground running play against angel city play for angel city play whatever you know what i mean yeah yeah actually i'm so glad that i didn't sign to like a team in the nwsl as like a third or fourth because that's what i was like okay with i was like when i first came out i was like i'll just be a third or a fourth you know and in my head i was like oh, i could probably like work my way up get the experience it'll be good for me like playing with it but like i'm Not so glad that i went and left yeah, yeah. I've, I realized that, like, after I've, I've left and such, like, I'm so glad that I ended up going overseas and getting this playing experience because now when I keep building my resume, mm -hmm. like, eventually with the more experience and the better I get playing in all these games in Europe, like, I'll be able to, like, make my own path and pave my own way. 
Because it's well, like, like you have to go here, you have to you have to do this, you have to do this, and I want to get to the point where I get to like choose exactly where where you want to go. go. Yeah, because if you look yeah. at it like this with the expansion draft, these teams, Bay and um, Utah, they're going to need to pick up, obviously, goalkeepers. So you say three goalkeepers per team. So you look at who are they going to pick, right? So if you take an Angelina Anderson who played a game, great, for Angel City, right, or, and stuff like that, okay, maybe one of them takes that. But you need a keeper that has been playing, that has been playing 15, 20, 30 games a season against great to come in and start to play, you know, and, and that's what you're getting. So eventually with this experience, they're going to turn around and say, Hey, Caitlin, you know, just, she's in, you know, at Benfica or wherever you are at that time. And they're going to be like, she has so much experience. Let's bring her in and bring you in as a starter, not as like a fourth. Yeah, because at first I used to be like my mindset was like I'm okay with being like second, third, fourth, but now I'm like I know that I deserve to be a starter somewhere and I know that I put in the work wherever I am. And so that's what I want. That's my goal. I want to just always like start and play. That's like what I want. That is. I mean, look, you know, one of the things, you know, that I want to say kind of, you know, it's a little bit of a segue here, but but Katie, but like the thing is is that like, you know, you're being on loan from West Ham, which is in the WSL, which is one of the top leagues in the world mm -hmm. to the, you know, in, into Sweden, to the first division, which is a very good league. It's mm -hmm. not like been we're around talking forever. About, <laughs> yeah. Like probably one of the, one of the oldest it's, professional it's leagues. One of the, the original world, right? leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, it was Sweden or Japan. That was it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard and stuff. That's what that I, I actually didn't know that to be honest until recently. And they were telling me about that. I was like, how did I not know that? Yep. <laughs> well, um, so let, let's talk about this before we kind of get into some of these clips right here. You know, Kate, is, is that the fact that like, obviously, you know, playing at Humboldt State, you know, you had to find because of your circumstances, you know, you were looking for financial aid, you were looking for the right school, you know, um, like how how did you kind of go about that process? Like, was it like, well, I need to find a school that's willing to give me enough money and like do young players out there like there's so much chasing like the the kind of the the dangling carrot of going to like a north carolina or something like that that they leave opportunities like this off on the table um that are available to them yeah so it was like my junior year of high school all of my teammates and my friends were committed to colleges and all this and i still hadn't gotten like any teams interested and i was really stressed out and like my junior year like I, I was like, I really needed financial help to go to college um, and all that. Like I wasn't, I was planning on going to community college if um, I couldn't find like a school to go to or to help me. But I remember in junior, all my friends were committing and stuff. And I was so stressed. I was like, oh my God, I haven't, I haven't committed anywhere. And all my friends are. And like the first offer I got was from like Sonoma, Sonoma State. And it was, it wasn't like a great offer. It was like almost like no help. And it wasn't, they didn't even have like the major I wanted. And I was just like, Oh, I'll just take it. I'll just take it because I felt so pressured because all everyone around me was committing to schools. And then eventually like the longer I was committed there and I was like, I just really don't want to go here. It's not enough. And I just, I just did it as like the pressure. And so like I decommitted from Sonoma state, like um, I think I decommitted like uh maybe January, my senior year of high school. So I only had like a few months to like figure it out after that I decommitted and then ended up like 
talking to more schools in Humboldt State. Um, I actually really wanted a major in wildlife conservation. And because as a kid, I was like obsessed with animals and I always wanted to just be a wildlife biologist. And like that was this major that like barely any schools had. And Humboldt State actually had that major. And so I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like they had the major I want to, I went and visited school. It's like hippie town in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, this is so neat. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, it just, it's just a school in the middle of the forest. And like, I was like, this is awesome. And then like, I was, I was talking to the coach and stuff. I had my little like recruitment thing. And then they like offered me a scholarship and I, and I was there with my dad and I was like, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. I'm committed there. And I was so happy that I chose that place because, like, I chose it because it had the major I wanted. I was getting the financial help that I needed. And it was in a town in the area that, like, I just loved. And it was, like, totally, like, my space where I wanted to be. So that's how I ended up choosing it. And I still think I made the right choice, even though now, like, for my career, I don't even, I don't even use my degree currently. But, like, <laughs> it was just the, like, experience and to have that as well. Like I have that, like no one's going to take my degree away from me, you know, football is right. I want to do that. Then I, I have it. I mean, yeah. And football's never, you know, you know, you know, not, not forever. And like, um, I mean, it's funny that you said that about the, the, the wildlife thing is like, do you know Fallon Tillis Joyce? She's a Marine biologist. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I had to take some invertebrate, marine invertebrate classes and such to get my degree as well. I, I I love it. I love it. Um. All right. So let's let's get into some of these clips right here. I'm going to throw some of these up here. Uh, this is Suskia's favorite part of the show. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is my. So this, this. This is, this is your favorite. <laughs> of course, this is the one broke game. the. Oh, this was to win. This was to win the league title in Portugal last season, and we had broke the world at the time. We had broke the national record for most fans in attendance at a women's game. I think there's like fifteen thousand. We've since broke the record, but this game was record breaking at the time. And it was against sporting our rivals in the men's stadium. And whoever, like, if we won that game, we won league, and we won the game. And this is just my favorite. So <laughs> it's my favorite, like, football memory. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, this is incredible. I mean, this is incredible. This is also like, it was also to preserve the shutout too. Cause it's like in the 89th minute. Right. Um, yeah. and it's against Fatima Dutral. So you kind of see the ball lifting, you recognize the height, you don't go too low on the shot. You stay up and it's a great save over. Huge look at how excited. I mean, massive. I mean, massive. It's a huge save. Just this massive. So like my best save in my life currently. <laughs> it, like I think it is. I mean, just technically, you know, Suskia, from a from a, from a standpoint here, we always talk about this in, in in penalty kicks. You know, how many goalkeepers already start dropping low because they're expecting the ball to be hit low and hard, and she stays up high, recognizes the height of the shot, stays with it. That's not easy to do. That's just mm -hmm. brilliant, just absolutely brilliant right there. And I love that you went with two hands. <laughs> Go again. I don't even... Boom. No, because that helped with the power. And I try to tell keepers that all the time, that if you can, the save ends up being with your top hand, but to get to draw that power through your body with two hands and then shoot the hand at the last minute gives you that extra kind of power behind the ball as opposed to that anchor and hanging that one arm. And look how she's coming forward. So you're diving forward and meeting the ball. So I think if you go flat on this, you could be beat. Um, it's, it's just a great save. It's a great save yeah, because those ones that get roofed are hard. <laughs> like how many, they always seem to go in 
and I, you know. So. Yeah, I feel like as a goalkeeper, I have like really fast reactions, I think. So I didn't know that I, at the time that I was going to be diving to my left. I was like, okay, I'm going left. Like, that's what I'm going to do. But like going up was only something I did because I was reacting to the ball she kicked. Exactly. Because exactly. like if I, if I knew I was going to my left, but if she had kicked me on the ground, I would have stayed low. But because I saw it was air ball, I like jumped. And I like, say I this just all jump the time. in the air. Yeah. And I say this all the time, Mike, and you know that it's react, react to it. And, mm -hmm. and the reason being is because you're forcing them to really beat you then. And if you know, especially if you have really, really sharp and quick reaction, you know, you're going to, you, you feel it. You could tell like you get the jump, but I still think you hold long enough here and then you react to the release of the ball. You know, and so how many times yeah. do we see people just automatically go, like you said, Mike, low and left, mm -hmm. and then you're beat up top. Yeah. You actually committed to the left, but you said, well, where's the ball going? <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. what I did. Yeah. I mean, you can start as the ball's being hit. You can start shooting your body, but don't Ooh. change the height of your body mm -mm. unless automatically you see the low. flight move. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. I mean, that's just just absolutely massive right right over there, Katie. So now after this one here, I just got to see that again here. Um, all right, <laughs> so let's go into a little bit more of a uh, of a practical scenario. Not everybody's going to be in the 89th minute to win the league in a penalty kick situation, but a lot of young <laughs> goalkeepers are going to be at a corner kick situation. Um, and uh, this is now this is now um, against HIF. So this is with your new club now, right? Yeah, look this is the, look at this, this crowd looks fun. Yeah, there is a lot of people here. <laughs> yeah, and there was mostly the opposing team's fans. Um, yeah, this so, is from so my last game from last weekend. So the 60th minute, balls in, swinging. Uh, you kind of recognize the pressure coming in, and it's a great looping box out into a safe space. And I think a lot of young goalkeepers need to see this here because what I love about it is that when that ball is coming in here, you recognize the loop, and you just redirect the ball and let it – keep going with its own momentum rather than trying to change the direction of the ball, which I absolutely, I absolutely love. You kind of just guide it. Well, I also think yeah. in, the in that, that amount, look at that traffic. Good yeah. God. Everybody's on top of you. Um, yeah. Like, me and my defender headed each other, but we were okay. We just a little bit. But little. I think like in this concept, maybe to, to bring this down or try to bring this down might've been the wrong decision. And I think if you are going to box it to clear it, what was that a throw in almost like so it's it's way and you know what i also like is that you don't get drawn you know and you know i hate that mike is that yeah. you go you go with that runner and that person that's standing in front of you if they lunge forward you see goalkeepers so you you kind of reposition yourself so you're you're central and you can get this at its highest point yeah like i yeah. definitely had like someone on me and she was like in my way i was like i need to get this ball so i just did a quick like shove and then boom but i didn't like yeah. totally like follow her you didn't go forward. exactly you didn't yeah. follow her forward you just kind of said yeah i was, was like get to move because <laughs> <Move away>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one one thing i see especially with a lot of young goalkeepers in the situation is that they get in front of they get in they get in front of the ball and then the ball literally they're here the ball's back here and it's in the back of the net type of a thing because like they they just go too high uh in that in that situation they go too i want to talk about yes i want to talk about the box here real quick before we move on to another clip here because there's there's a conversation out there with a lot of young goalkeepers and and 
you know, Siski always talks about, you know, young goalkeepers taking things too literally from coaches, but you know, coaches will go like, you got a box with two hands. You got a box with two hands. Well, you physically can't get both hands. If you tried to go two hands right here, like you're not going to get any power on this because of the pressure that you've got with the body weight and, and also the walls bending away from you as opposed to going into you. Yeah, but where are you going to box with two hands, right? So if you box a ball in this situation with two hands, that box, those two hands come forward, right? So you're bo boxing a ball that's coming across your body forward. So now where's that ball going to land? That ball's going to land somewhere around the top of the 18 with, I don't know the name of the team in white, with them, with that one girl wide open, just waiting for you to do that, right? So yeah. I, was always, I was always taught in this situation, continue the ball on its way, right? So Tony Machigo... Yeah. Don't try to don't try to redirect something this way in this situation. Continue it on its way, and that's exactly what she did. Yeah, yeah because it was like a floater. It was a floater. You want to like more like redirected, and it was going long. If it's like more direct and straight to you, then, then yeah, then you punch it. If it's coming straight, but because it was like a lofted ball in a way, it's like you can't get enough on a lofted ball. You usually can't get enough momentum to like do two hands. You need to have one hand and let it follow through. Yeah, direct because it, it has so much power. You could like punch forward but yeah yeah just keep it going I, personally i think this is a really dangerous ball i think i think those these looping balls with air underneath them like that that kind of drop like that are really da really dangerous balls especially um, with fifteen thousand people on you in the box yes i, I mean <laughs> i mean there's as many people in the boxers there are in the stands which, is, which means that it's packed completely packed yeah. I mean, Kayla, yeah, you, you, I usually you, don't like look at them. I just kind of zone in. No, the ball. and you can tell that yeah. you, you can tell that you were you stayed on track with the ball because what you have is a lot of players. And that's why I said you might have pushed her forward to give yourself some space, but she didn't draw you out of position. And you see mm -hmm. a lot of players in this get too obsessed with the runs and the people around them that that run or that movement draws them out of position. And they totally fudge this. And I definitely used to do that. I definitely used to do that, but like now I've tried to stop doing that. Like I've worked on stop stopping doing that. Okay. I definitely that's something like all goalkeepers, even like in the pros, sometimes like yeah. It but that's why those but runs it's are good made. to work on. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's it's a decoy run to pull you out of position. That's what they're there for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. I want to move on to this clip right here because this is this is now like five minutes into extra time basically and it, what it looks like here you know okay and you can tell us so it looks like the ball's kind of cleared out of the box and uh it kind of bounces in front of but is that agnes ekloff is that is that who that is who, who struck that ball right over there uh from hif i love that half she volley? just got there and you're asking her to know everybody's name mike i was doing my, my research <laughs> <laughs> I, like, you can, I know my own team's players. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Look, oh my, I, oh my. You've probably been more focused on your own team and your own yes. training than like researching I the Swedish first ball. division like me. You're like, who's the admin? <laughs> I was looking at the ball. Where's the ball? I want to try to catch it. <laughs> all right. So Agnes Agloff, she hits a half volley rising and you stay high. Thanks. And just a redirection right over the bar right here. You don't go flying in the air. You don't go negative. Like, you just stay nice and high. And it's just a simple touch. And again, like we talk about, like, just redirecting the ball rather than, than anything crazy right here. It's just, also all about positioning here. You know, yeah. just, she takes those little micro-movement steps, right? So you see some goalkeepers that'll just stay planted, and then now you're diving, right, to get the touch on this and and – 
no reason to do that, right? You see just two, two little shuffle steps here, put yourself in the right position and touch the ball. You make something that a lot of goalkeepers make look difficult, easy, which yeah. is, see, so it'll go shuffle, shuffle, and now she's shuffle, shuffle, and now she's in position. And now it's just a touch. Yeah. Yeah, because I like the what I like to do is I try and stay back in my goal, but then once they enter the box, I step forward and I approach forward, cutting the angle more. Because mm -hmm. like the it's like yeah, I just wait until they enter the box, and once they do that, then I start to approach. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, I I like I love Saskia what you just brought up here. She's, well, because if you go I, back two steps, yeah. if you go back two steps, right? A lot of goalkeepers, young goalkeepers, and a lot of goalkeepers will say, "Okay, I, I need to stay kind of on an angle, like right there." Like a lot of goalkeepers wouldn't leave that position because they're worried about the far post, the dipping ball, or something like that. But and so this ball going towards the upper near post, you're going to see them die for, right? But instead, mm -hmm. she's saying, "Okay, there's pressure on the ball. She's taking the strike. I'm going to take two short shuffle steps, and now I'm in position to just stay big, stay high, and just touch the ball over." So it's really good goalkeeping. See, this is why, okay, why she's a professional broadcaster for, for CBS is because of this type of <laughs> meticulousness that you've got going on right here. I, I, I didn't even think about that, Suskin, in regards to the fact that, like, Katie, you're, you're stealing space because the player, because the ball is bouncing, you have time to steal space as opposed to having to hold position. Yeah, it's really because there's a bigger gap before when she could kick it. So it's like you always try to steal space when it's, like, not at their feet, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that right here. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's move on from here from. Uh, oh, so I'm going to I'm going to go out, outside of these clips here because I literally can't see what's going on because it's so. Is that the that, is that the is that the shadowness from uh, from being up uh, near the uh, the um, Arctic Circle? Is that what's what's going on right over? Here? Oh, right yeah. Over wait, here. it's summer. So the sun ha yeah. doesn't go down. Exactly. How are you dealing with this, that? Haven't this you game's probably at like 10 o'clock at night. The sun goes down here. That's like Iceland. Where no, go. no, in Sweden? Well, not yet. <laughs> it's still summer. <clears throat> no, we, we were in the 95 World Cup. Yeah, that's how old I am. We were there in what, Ju July, and it didn't get dark, dark. <laughs> oh, dusk. I mean, well, I, I came here in August. So. Maybe, maybe it's starting to get darker Because now. when I was, yeah. Ask them. I'm telling you. <laughs> I had I was stuck well, in Yavla for a month, so trust me. And we had those huge shutters on our our windows because it just was it was this weird like dusky red hue. Yeah, like, so I was in Iceland. When I was yeah. in Iceland, it didn't get dark for like months. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like practices at one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, by the way, you know, that like poor, poor Katie here, like, like Suski and I are like, uh, like giving her more information on Sweden. And she's like, I just got here. I'm just <laughs> trying to learn the names of my teammates and, 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 and how to order in a restaurant. Like, I, I, I don't know anything else that's going on. I don't know. I just work here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically. Um, all right. So let's go to this there. So this is a 51st minute. It's against KDFF. Um, it's a free kick outside the box, probably 30 or so out. So it's a deep ball. So first off, when there's a shot, when there's a, a ball from this far, most likely, Kate, it's it's going to be a pass of some sort. They're not going to they're not going to try to strike from that type of a distance, most likely, because they're just probably not going to get the power. Um, and as that ball's kind of hit, 
It's just kind of a looped ball over the wall. You recognize that, and then it's immediate chase onto the ball, and then you go low because you see that flight going down. Rather than staying high, you recognize you have to go down and protect that ball. I, I think it's just simple and effective, uh, never losing the touch of the flight of the ball here. Yeah, and I also like approach the – like the way I caught it is not how I would normally catch the ball. Normally I would catch the ball, land, and scoop, and scoop it, but I saw their forward coming straight for me. So I did a little like not really how you're supposed to go key little like knee slide because I didn't want her to be kicking me right in the head yeah. or being me in the head. So I stayed upright so that my head would like go into her thigh and not like her knee and have another broken nose. So it's like it's not really like how you're supposed to catch. Oh, I slid on my knees because oh, that kind of looks funny. Why did I do that? And then I was like, oh, yeah, she was coming from my face. <laughs> That's why I got I got you no problem. Yeah, I just stayed yeah. up. <laughs> No, but it's a, I, I think that's a, it's a tough ball to come for. And we see so many goalkeepers that don't come for that. And then it's like um, uh, put Madison Hammond the other week for Angel City. Um, uh, whatchamacallit didn't come for the ball and she just like got that really dink second winning goal. But like, it, you know, it's tough. That's that's a really tough ball because, you know, everybody's running at you. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you're going to get hit. <laughs> you, you know, everybody's running at you. So it yeah. takes courage to come for this ball. And it's good. I get hit a lot. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Suskia did too. This <laughs> is true. I, I think we all do. Uh, I'm probably going to get hit tonight again. And uh, have, I, I get injured every game. Anyway, uh, move, <laughs> moving on. I, I want to say this though, you know, Kate, one of the things that, you know, you said like, oh, this isn't textbook goalkeeping, but I think it actually shows GKIQ. The fact Absolutely. that you're able to improvise within the moment because a lot of young goalkeepers, they go, oh, no, I'm supposed to drop and scoop the ball down here. And they'll do what they're supposed to do. And, and then, then they're they get off on a stretcher. Cleated in the face. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So I have a lot of, like, goalkeeping <laughs> that's not by the book because I didn't have a goalkeeper coach until, um, like, a couple years ago. So, like, in college, there was no goalkeeper coach. I barely got goalkeeper coach when I was younger. I know, isn't that crazy? I didn't have – I had, like, a goalkeeper coach maybe, like – once or twice a month when I was in Iceland was like the first time, but like everything I taught myself. So I'm at, I, feel, awesome. I feel like is probably better than most. Cause no one taught me the technical game until two years ago. Well, it's looking I mean, pretty this is good one of the reasons here. why we're creating the, the union goalkeeping app is because like <laughs> there are people like yourself, Katie out there, you know, who, because there's a lot of barriers to entry in the youth game in regards to like the cost of private coaching and everything like that. They don't yeah. have these type of opportunities. So we're trying to bring these resources to people because mm -hmm. imagine if you had gotten, you know, for a quote, lack of a better term, proper training when you were like 12, you know, or 11 <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, it, 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 it's amazing what you've been able to accomplish. Um, and you're still kind of like Matt Turner in the, in the men's game. Like you're still catching up. So the sky's the limit for you. I'm just really, really impressed. Um, it's yeah. Just yeah. absolutely. Massive. Thank you. I'm still like every day I'm learning like something new. Like um, working on right. it. So let's, uh, let's go here. I want to actually, um, because of time here, I'm going to go down to, da, 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 da. Ah, ah, here we go. Okay, cool. So this is now we're going back to Benfica. Uh, so you probably know these players a little bit better. Uh, this is a club uh, called Lank. Is that is that who it is, Kate? Lank? Yeah, Lank. Okay. Lank. Yeah. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez dribbles from midfield with separation, and then she tries from distance to chip you. Not a great decision on her part because with the great footwork that you've got, motion, full on extension, and you hold on to the ball, which Suskia loves to see. I mean, 
this is just this is massive because this could have been a meal if you'd spilled this ball right here. Yeah, like I, I wasn't expecting her to shoot it, but I was like ready for it. Like, did I think she was going to? No, was I ready to catch that ball when it was coming? Yeah, and that's like something that's so important. Like wherever it, where if the other team has the ball anywhere, like I'll, anywhere, just be ready for a shot. And that's something that's right. that I feel like is important. I mean, I'm looking at this. I mean, it's you're the talking footwork. About like, Exactly. And I was just going to say, like, for somebody who didn't get goalkeeper, I was just thinking that. I was just thinking, my gosh, it's like, well, because it's like most keepers, like, you try to teach them to drop step, don't go with the flight of the ball, get those two big power steps in, drop step. So you can kind of get behind the ball a little bit. You see a lot of goalkeepers that can't get their feet under there in this situation, and they just make a meal of this. And instead, those two drop steps give you the power to even go up and bring this down. It's just great footwork. And the fact that you didn't have training, like conventional training until a couple of years ago, just <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know I, how I, I knew how to. No, it's people ask me if there's such thing as a natural, like a natural goalkeeper. And there actually is. They're, they're goalkeepers. They're, goalkeepers and you're one of them that just understand how to move properly and efficiently and effectively naturally. And, and then we add on to it. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's we can even see with you just kind of playing around, like in the, in, in, in the, for lack of a better term, the backyard, uh, with yeah. the, with the soccer ball, with the soccer ball, you're just a natural athlete. Like most people can't do that. Even soccer players, like you're like reverse kicking the ball with pace behind your le behind your other leg to the top corner. Like I've, I'll never be able to do that in my life, probably. Like no, that's not all my parents' incredible. genetics. <laughs> no, it's so good what happens stuff. when two college athletes have kids. There you go. It's good. So stuff. here's actually. Speaking of pathways right here, this is from Sergio, uh, Maddie's uh, dad. Congratulations to her. She's amazing. Everyone has different pathways to make it. Hers is very impressed. Congrats. Yes, she's natural. Hey, tell Maddie we said congratulations on Mexico. Big things coming. That's awesome. I, it's crazy. I thought she was at Alabama this year. She still has one more year of high school before, before, heading, I always forget before that heading out. Mm hmm because when you, we hear these commitment stories, you know, you're like, oh, I just committed to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you'll be they there have next a whole year. Another year. Mm -hmm. A whole other year. Yeah, like a Morgan's whole... got a whole other year. <laughs> oh, so that's, that's crazy. Right. I committed and then I was immediately there because I was so late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, everybody has a different path. But yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. glad, and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm really impressed that you said to yourself, I just don't feel this. This isn't where I want to be. And I feel that a lot of young players out there get pressured into doing things because, oh, because they got offered a scholarship or, oh, and you have to look at the bigger picture and you have to be happy at school. And if you're not happy in your environment at school, your soccer is going to suffer. Everything's going to suffer. And to put yourself in a position for to struggle mentally and emotionally, and, and it's just going to all trickle down. And the fact that you had the IQ enough to say, uh -uh, I can't do this. You know, and yeah, it was really hard. I'm it was a really hard decision because I'm like someone like when I commit to something, I find it really hard to like pull out. Like once I commit, I'm like, okay, yeah. I did it. I don't. I'm really stubborn too. So when I commit, I can be really stubborn. So when I commit to something, I'm like, nope, this is what I want to do. But it was just like, it just didn't make sense. And like, and my I talked to my dad about. It. He was like, well, you got to call the coach. Here's the phone. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Sorry, I, I'm for my own entertainment value. I need to pull these back up here and just have them on playing on the screen while we're talking because, like, these are just these are these are these are amazing. I'm probably gonna go out and try to try to do this stuff and see. Don't, Mike. Don't. <laughs> this is like six years ago. I'm so much better now. This is videos literally like <laughs> six years ago or something. Like, I haven't record. I do, I still do this stuff all the time. I just haven't recorded it in so long. I love it. Keep recording. I want to see see more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I want to see. I, I, I want to. See- want to see what professional Caitlin Talbert can do. Uh, now the, the, Ed- the Ederson of, uh, of, of, so- of soccer, uh, Ederson number two, uh, of soccer right here. Um, well, well, Kate, we appreciate you taking all, all the time on, on the show and everything like that. I know it's like what, almost 11 o'clock for you over there right now. And probably, and probably laid out. 10, 10 o'clock. No, it's dark. It's been dark for hours. That's funny. You call me the, the Ederson though, because Everyone like from the fans of Benfica call me the female Ederson because I have so many like tattoos and like you oh. play for Benfica as well. And so they're that's always like call me the female Ederson. I mean that that's literally how many more than just the tattoos? Luckily, yeah. I think it's a little more than just the tattoos. How's your Portuguese now? My Portuguese is actually pretty decent. Uh, muito bem. <laughs> there you go. Um well, well, obviously, guys, uh, you know, Kate, obviously, you know, you're you're very prominent on social media. And uh, and now I know that you're a member of the union goalkeeping community. We'd love to have you get even more invested and involved. And because I think there's a lot of young goalkeepers out there that could that could definitely you know benefit from your mentorship and your, uh, you know, your guidance and everything like that, who aren't necessarily, you know, at an ECNL club or in the youth national team pool or whatever. And, and, and they're looking for, you know, for for somebody like yourself to, to be a role model for, for the direction that they want to go with their careers. Um, if, uh, if you want to connect with you on union, what's your, what's your handle on there? Swag Goldie one. Nice. It's also my Twitter handle. It's yeah. It's just, that's been my name for a long time. (laughs) I have it tattooed. I love it. And then obviously if you want to connect with Suskia, it's at Suskia on the union. Um, shout out to all you guys, uh, you know, who've been involved again. Uh, I said, we're going to be doing the official launch very, very soon. Now we're wrapping up. We're getting a lot of cool stuff and parents out there who are listening or watching the show right now. We're going to have a whole section just for you with different town hall Q and a sessions, uh, because you're part of this journey and we want you to be properly educated when you're part Absolutely. of this journey with all excited about that. Young- very, very excited about that part. Yeah. Um, obviously, contact at Goalkeeper Podcast uh, for a guest suggestion or topic suggestion or contact at InsideThe18Media.com on email. If you want to reach out to me, uh, it's at Michael Majid. Uh, that is all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, guys. Bye, guys. Yeah!